Got this report here. iPhone 12 mini. Maybe a flop? Okay, they didn't use that terminology, but... So one of these weird situations where... You have a device that within the community gets a lot of love because it's a bit different. You know, it's a flagship Apple device, but small. But maybe it's one of these things that as a concept seems really cool. But then once people are put in a position of actually having to make that choice of purchasing... A much smaller phone, it's tough to pull the trigger I in, see. in practice. No, I'm just speculating right now. I mean, based on the headline. Uh-huh. iPhone 12 mini, Apple's experiment with powerful compact phones isn't doing so well, according to latest stats. Hmm. So we have some, some news here, some stats from Wave 7 Research, published by PC Mag. And it talks about the iPhone 12 mini accounting for only 4 to 5% of sales at each of the major U.S. carriers. Wow. 4 to 5%. Now, to put that in context, the regular iPhone 12 accounting somewhere between 24 and 33% of sales at those same carriers, at the three major carriers in the U.S. Does that make it a flop, or is that what the expectation was? That it was just going to be a little 4 to 5% type of thing? Maybe. I mean, we are comparing it to the flagship, to the main flagship, the easiest one to remember, the iPhone 12, 6.1-inch display, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some Anybody, just anybody and everybody looking for a new iPhone is like, where's the iPhone 12? Is it a fair comparison to put the mini against that and say, hey, why don't you sell 10% of units instead of 4 to 5 yeah. Now, there's other options in the lineup that we're well aware of at higher price points. I think the funny part here is that the iPhone 12 mini was cheaper, cheaper, starting at $699. But the question becomes, was it cheap enough? Or did that new iPhone SE with the much lower starting price satiate the audience that was looking? You didn't expect satiate this mm-hmm. point in the morning. Too much. Satiate that part of the audience that was looking for a small phone. Was the small phone crowd taken care of with the launch of the latest iPhone SE? Maybe. For three ninety nine. That's uh. For three ninety nine. That's a pretty good price. Now here's the tough part. Well, I mean, I made a video saying, "Hey, why do I like this phone? Because I like that mini, that mini iPhone. Mm. I held it. There's something comfy about it. I felt confident. Wasn't I was I felt in control." doing the one-handed stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the way I felt. Really uh, reminiscent of iPhone 4. Yes. There was a nostalgic component to it. Yeah. I felt like I was holding history. I felt like I was holding on to old Lou. You were holding yourself? Yeah, maybe I was. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not alone. I've seen all kinds of other people in the tech space. They are ranting and raving and riffing on the iPhone 12 mini. But I want to know who actually put their money where their mouth was? I want to know who actually threw the SIM card in and wants to live that life permanent style. Because I don't know if people are actually doing it. Mm. And the four to five points on the sales indicates that some people are doing it, but it certainly isn't all people. And it certainly hasn't taken a major dent out of the 
flagship scale iPhone 12 at 6.1 inches, which feels a ton larger than a 5.4 inch display when you actually hold them mm-hmm. next to each other. So, yeah, it could have been an SE. It could have been that it was a better idea than it was a product. That people thought they wanted something that they didn't actually want. That could exist as well. To I'll send a question out to the audience members. If you're uh, in the market for an iPhone, would you at all consider the mini model? Or uh, does that seem crazy to you to invest $700 into a 5.4-inch phone? Is that uh, too big of a hurdle mm-hmm. to jump? I don't know. It's a tough one to pull the trigger on, Well, Yeah. Today's episode brought to you by our softest sponsor. Softest, Will. You didn't... There's no... Who's competing? I don't yeah. even know who's competing for softest sponsor. I mean, it's just... It will be me undies, and that will be that. And that's yeah. because they make these super soft underwear, which have... Uh, well, they've graced my waist on a number of occasions. <laughs> Grace your waist. Yeah, they graced my waist. And it's Anyways. so... Let me tell you something. It's so soft, in fact, that I actually got the wife. She steals the product. Really? Yeah, she steals it. And I go looking in the drawer and where's my micro mode out? It's gone. And I'm not making that up. I'm not making that up. It's gone. And I'll tell you what, she knows soft. So if you didn't believe my soft, you better believe her soft. Well, there's a, there's women's. No, I know, but she wants to steal mine. (laughs) Okay. Because there's there's options over here. Because there's a sentimental aspect to it, Will. Yeah. You know, when you love somebody and you should be close to them. You steal their underwear. Sharing is good. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you didn't expect that on, on this morning, did you? Man, you didn't expect you're that. On fire today. Here's the thing. Okay. People, they got that. They're, they're wearing those old, uh, worn out. They might, even be wearing, they might even be wearing those white ones. They picked up like a case at Costco. They might be wearing those. And let me tell you something. The, your 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 uh, wife or girlfriend, they're not stealing notes for a reason. Yeah. They're not stealing notes. However, look at these designs and styles over here. You're going to make a statement. And as much as I like the designs and styles, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for the softness. I'm here for the micro modal. Because then I know. I get that little touch, that little feel. I feel like a confident man. I put that on in the morning. Mm-hmm. And nobody can hold me back after that. Super soft. Super soft. And, it, you know, oh, by the way, it's not just the un- under- underwear undies because uh, it's called me undies. But believe it or not, it's other items too. The softest pants you ever tried on. Uh, the uh, the pajamas, the socks, the accessories. It's it's actually a number of items you might want to fill up the cart and for the gifts as well, Will. Mm-hmm. Because dog you, hoodies. Well, you you might get right a dog. <laughs> you might get a dog hoodie. They even got the face masks over there. Right on. They got the slippers over there. Many things for the holiday season. All you got to do is head over. And oh, by the way, you're gonna get a special offer. Don't let me forget that. Fifteen percent off your first order and free shipping. All you gotta do is go to meundies.com/lou later. That's meundies.com slash Lou later to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. I'm going to drop the link down in the description of this video as well to make it easier for you. Get some for yourself. Get some as a gift. I'm telling you, get some of these soft pants for a loved one. They're going to look at you different from that moment forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking in a good way. Meundies.com slash Lou later. 15% off. We got some more Apple-related news. Many people actually sent me this story, Will. Many people. 
I was kept getting video clips on my Twitter. People said, Lou, got touch on it. Mm-hmm. Workers reportedly protesting at Wistron iPhone plant in India over pay issues. We have video clips coming out of here. People smashing. Uh, 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 word that there was they were stealing laptops, destroying cars, setting things ablaze. In fact, I believe the current estimate coming from Wistron is uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 million damages. Mm. A lot of damages. You don't want damages, Will. Damages are not good. Nobody yeah. wants damages. They go set up a plant. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to make these iPhones in India. We're going to get all these incentives. It's going to be a great idea. Oh, no, the plant's on fire. The plant's on fire. Now, we got to get the full thing out of the way, okay? Yeah. we got to get to the rock bottom of it. The claim from the workers, as I understand it, is that they were promised more money than what they got. Mm. It was a bait-and-switch tactic. Mm. It was to get them in the door. If you're an engineering graduate, this is what you get paid. Non-engineering graduate, this is what you get paid. And they went through, they did the work, and then they watched their paycheck diminish from the original agreement. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was diminishing over time. I'm, I, I don't know! Maybe we got to do some investigation here. Maybe we got to get somebody call in who was at the plant. Yeah. I don't Check know pay stubs. anybody personally, obviously, but I see the reports. I read the reports just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. They claim there's about 2,000 workers involved in a protest. And I don't know if it's 60 million in damages like they say, but it's definitely a lot of damage we can tell from the video clips. Cool. And I understand what that feeling might be like to feel as though you had an agreed upon deal and then that deal didn't get paid out, that you're going to be very upset. Mm-hmm. However, the implications here are massive. Massive implications because there's been such a push for Made in India when it comes to iPhones. Wistron, a Taiwanese company, they come, they make the big investment. They say, okay, India, we're going to put it in the uh, in our repertoire as one of the places we manufacture competitively along with, God knows, everywhere, everywhere else we're always talking about, whether it's China, Vietnam, Indonesia, Taiwan to a certain extent, India. Bangladesh coming in the mix, Brazil coming in the mix. And then you you see all these cars flipped over and you're the boss back in Taiwan and you're like, get me out of there. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not saying that that's the right move. I'm not saying, look, if, if, if they didn't pay what they were supposed to pay, that ain't no good. Mm-hmm. But the image or in the, in the, in the politics or in the news world, well, they would say the optics. Not good. You see the big Wistron logo just smashed. They're just, they were just trying. They were making iPhones in there, man. High tech jobs down in uh, Bengaluru. I've been there, man. Beautiful climate. Huh. Wonderful people, by the way. Wonderful people. Oh. It's a tough one to figure out. Everyone's upset. It's obvious that everyone's upset. Over here. I just wish there could have been some negotiation in advance to rectify the situation without the need for so much damage. Mm-hmm. Because the damage, well, I mean, it doesn't really do anybody any good. The damage. Mm-hmm. It gives leverage to the 
to the negative sides of the argument, mm-hmm. to, the, to, the, to the negative approach to it. Chaos. But I don't know as well, you know, the feeling of being powerless. Maybe they did do that. Maybe mm-hmm. they went to the higher-ups and said, look, this is not the agreement. Mm-hmm. Where's the pay at? And they couldn't get anywhere. And then it bubbles out in this kind of fashion. I'm not, I'm not saying it should, but I don't know, you know, there's a lot to it with these types of situations. However, moving over to the next tab, what do you do? What does it mean for Apple? You see, that's a bad look for Apple. Wistron, okay, you see the Wistron logo. I mean, this is one of the reasons why Apple deals with these manufacturers. Like, imagine an Apple logo over there in that assembly plant. Mm-hmm. Imagine them smashing the Apple logo. Ooh, Very, we'll talk uh, about optics. Iconic. Talk about optics. Yeah. Post-apocalyptic Apple smash. Apple's got to do something about it because the heat ends up on their doorstep either way, right? Because they know these stories come out. They know they know it ends up on The Verge or it ends up on Lou later, and people start to wonder, hey, why are these workers so upset? Apple, you're, uh, what are you, a trillion bucks? You, what, you can't pay, you're not going to pay the workers? Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Reports of a sweatshop-like atmosphere? Is that what you want, Apple? No, you don't want that. You really don't want that. Yeah. And they've made moves in the past quickly decisive moves to put things like this to rest, to bed, to investigate. But one thing that happens here, will because Apple is not Wistron, Wistron works for Apple, mm-hmm. they get to come in and say, we have dispatched teams to check on Wistron to see if they flouted supplier guidelines. Yeah, They get to say that instead of, yeah, the workers are upset and it's our fault. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it's their fault. I don't know if it's their fault or not. Mm-hmm. I'm a man who talks. Uh, yeah. What they're trying to say is they're trying to distance themselves. Well, it, it's baked into their procedure to be distanced yeah. from the manufacturing. It grants a certain amount of uh, protection against investigation. Mm-hmm. Because now it's like, well, well, they did. What can I do? They did it. Yeah. What can I do? I can go. I'm going to sort it out right now. You know, we're the righteous. Yeah, we're the righteous. We're going to go sort it out right now. Everybody's going to be happy. But I'm not saying it's a smart way to do it. I get it. I get it how these things work the way they do. However, now Apple has to go in there and try to put the thing back together. We have reports from higher ups uh, in the uh, Indian government that are saying, hey, it's a bad look. They're saying it's doing damage to the Made in India push, the Made in India campaign, because foreign investors are going to say that seems risky, mm-hmm. right? It and has huge ripples. On the flip side, trade union leader uh, in India has said that the violence was a direct result of the, and here's the quote, Brutal exploitation of workers and sweatshop-like conditions. You know Apple doesn't like that word. Mm. You know Apple does not like that word. So it's not even about money in this case. Yeah, that's, a trade, that's what the trade union guy says. So you got to split. You got to divide. I knew there were going to be growing pains, though, because the way Apple likes to work in the, the Wistrons and the Foxcons of the world, you don't know how that's going to map to different places yeah. that have no experience with whatever that is. That yeah. thing. I visited smartphone manufacturing facilities, not Apple's, in China. And I'm like, whoa, this place is real tight. 
She real tight. Like everything goes from A to B and it's checked. Your supervisor checking your work. Right beside you. That you just did. Yeah. It's stress inducing. However, the results speak for themselves. You want a level of attention and a level of quality as an end user, as a buyer. It's hard to do it casually. Yeah. And it took years and years of experience. Time. Basically, I'm blaming you. I'm blaming the buyers for demanding such perfection. <laughs> yeah, I'm blaming you, Will. All right. Demand such perfection. Yeah. And, uh, and it starts at the supplier level. It's tough to make perfect stuff. Anyway, Apple's on their way. Uh, like, they're on their way like uh, uh, Batman with the... Uh, Bat signal? The signal. Yeah. Went up in the sky. Tim's on the way to save the day. He's going to sort it all out, sit down with all the parties, unions, and... Bat Tim. Yeah, and sort it all out. He's going to... Tim himself is going to flip the cars back over. Yeah. The cars that were flipped up during the protest, he's going to flip them back over. He's going to touch them, and they will be reborn with an Apple logo, and they'll be fully electric. What a great... Yeah, and they'll have uh, full integration. Superpower there. Um, maximum iCloud storage. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. Perfect. That's all it takes. Anyway, I have to say, um, I have to say that I hope that there's a solution that can be, I hope that the thing can end in a, in a positive light and things can be sorted out. Mm. Apple has tremendous amount of power and cash and I feel like they can sort it out. And so I hope they go in there with the best intentions and, and figure a way to do it. However... On the flip side of things, I'm also going to say, again, not being on the ground myself, not being one of these workers myself, I'm also going to say whenever possible to be able to, uh, what's the word? Uh, diffuse situation, pre-violence. That's always going to be ideal uh -huh. as well on the flip side. Before you have destroyed everything and endangered whoever set ablaze, there's a lot of collateral damage there's a lot of bystanders that might not be associated it's a very blunt force type yeah, of tool physical violence it's uh it, it comes from a place of desperation i understand that yep but uh to ever ha who, whoever has influence on that side of it you hope they can find a way to move towards a productive outcome as well yes that's the political piece you put at the end will uh-huh you understand you got cup you got to because there is no, because you can't put a stamp on it, really, is the truth of the matter. Yeah, everyone has their own perspective. Exactly. Exactly. You got to cover both sides. Yeah. It's a tough situation. Speaking of a tough situation, I don't know if you knew this, Will, but uh, Ferrari recently lost its CEO, Louis Camilleri. He, uh, Departed the company last week, citing personal reasons. And now the rumors have started as far as who could be in line for that Ferrari CEO position. And that somehow merged over to the tech world because somehow at the top of the rumor list is Mr. Johnny Ive, former uh, lead designer at Apple industrial designer. I think yeah. he worked on the software for a period of time as well. I mean, go, goes way back, recently left the company, but for a period of time, I mean, we're talking Steve Jobs' right-hand man. Yep. 
for a period of time, we're talking Tim Cook's right-hand man. Uh-huh. Period of time. So I read this, and I'm like, oh, that could be cool. Imagine Ferraris with Johnny I. Like, what would those be? But then I was sitting there thinking and reading the comment section on Mac Rumors, and I was like, why? He's not qualified, you think? Wait, why? Uh, does he have some interest in cars and experience in cars that I'm unaware of? Because it would seem like, first of all, you wouldn't really want a job as a CEO of a car company not having, I mean, maybe, maybe a nice change of pace. But it seemed to me when he departed Apple, he was looking to go a little more low key. Huh. That's the way it felt to me. Start his own company, love from, and yeah. then kind of was doing projects on the side, smaller projects. If he wanted to depart a really corporate kind of daily life, why would he take on an even bigger role at a different company where you're going to have to be in that office all the time and doing CEO things? So I don't know if this, I don't know if this uh, report has any merit, but it was originally reported by Reuters. There's another Apple employee, the CFO, Luca Maestri, who is apparently uh, also being considered for the role. And I don't know, maybe this is just a thing where Ferrari wants to become more of a tech company. Maybe Ferrari wants to embrace electric. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ferrari wants to say goodbye to some of its traditional uh, ways of doing things. Yeah, or maybe CEO, the term, is something different to them. Mm. You know, maybe- uh, Chief visionary. Yeah, right. maybe he need. They needed a, a vision. What would a Johnny I Ferrari look like, though? Something. I, why do I feel like it might be boring? Plain. Pl- yeah, plain. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, st- overly simplified. Like, what if makes a Ferrari a Ferrari? Like, what other car do you already know the color of it before you see it? Oh, it's definitely a red Ferrari. They they call it Ferrari red. Yeah. Like, there's something about the origin and the spice and the uh, uh, passion. I would, I would call it passion when it comes to the Ferrari brand. But that could be the problem as well, can't it? Is yeah. that you can get too tied up in the tradition the yeah. and, 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 and lose your place in the future. So anyway, they are working on electric cars nonetheless, but we'll see. We'll see if Ive shows up as the CEO or if he knows anything about this rumor. Or maybe they start these rumors on purpose to attract other high-profile executives. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Johnny's thinking about it? Well, in that case, that's the job I want. I'll submit my resume. Child spends $16,000 on iPad in-app purchases inside of a Sonic game. Uh, The six-year-old was playing Sega's Sonic Forces and decided that they needed to uh, buy add-ons for the game. Starting from $199 up to $99.99 bundles, they needed those gold coins in the game. Okay. What kind of game has like a $16,000 like limit? Or not even a limit. No, but no, just, that's just when they figured going. it out. There is no limit. Well, there's no limit, man. There's no limit to this. Now, there are differing opinions on this story, all right? So the six-year-old was kind of obviously left alone with this iPad, if you think about it. Yeah. And people have feel like, hey, man, don't let the iPad babysit your kid. Like, you should be at least nearby enough to recognize... They, the, the kid is constantly cashing in on these chips on the in-app purchases. And it's so easy. So easy. It's, oh. 
you gotta you gotta take a peek at the iPad every so often and be like, what are you up? Why are you so right. into this game? What are you doing specifically? The kid has some type of addiction. I don't even know a six-year-old. Yeah, you know what? A six-year-old knows kind of what they're doing, but not to the extent of maybe recognizing the the massive implications for their family. Uh And so, of course, there are features that exist inside of iOS to limit this functionality, to require a password or a face ID uh, before every purchase. And she, the mother, did not have those things in place. So many people are coming out and they're blaming her. And I get it. I understand that side of it. Saying, look, it's your job as a parent to, I mean, you wouldn't give your kid your credit card either and say, hey, do whatever you want. So I I understand that part of the argument. But then on the other side of the argument, they're saying, hey, where's Apple on this? Can they do anything to help? And Apple apparently hasn't been interested in helping at all. The credit card company, when they were originally contacted, because this uh, woman hadn't, uh, this mother, I guess, hadn't checked her emails or didn't really necessarily know how to track these expenses, she contacted a credit card company, Chase, who they said it looked like fraud to them, and they opened an investigation. In the meantime, that that investigation was going on, the amount of time necessary uh, for a refund, the it window, expired. it expired with Apple, and Apple didn't want to do anything. So to cu- currently, this regular family, I presume, relatively regular family, is in the whole 16000 and really doesn't have much recourse outside of going to the news media and seeing what might take place. Mm-hmm. So a real rough situation, especially just before the holidays over here. And I don't even really know what my take is on it. Uh, to be honest with you, it's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, somebody needs to step up, I think. L- let's look at what was actually transmitted. A little bit of data, a little bit of gold coins went one way. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who needs to be contacted here? It, between... Uh, a Sonic or Sega and Apple. Can we, can they can really, there's no recourse over here for a situation like this? Like who, who actually legitimately wants 16,000? I understand if it was like a thousand, they'd be like, okay, that happens in our game. Some people spend a thousand, but what kind of maniac is spending $16,000 on in-app upgrades on the Sonic game. Yeah. Like, this has to be an outlier. Mm-hmm. If you're Apple or Sega, it, shouldn't there be some sort of a, much like how the credit cards work, when they believe there's a fraud, yeah. where they just shut the account down uh-huh. in advance and just say, this is too unusual, this behavior. And what degree of responsibility do we put on the companies to build in those algorithms to be able to identify when a particular behavior looks more like a six-year-old? It's interesting that there's no regulations for uh, these games spending money in these games well the, what that they, there should be a limit well what they would say is that the features do exist to put those limitations it's up to the parent to enable those features right but yeah. that's uh the ios feature yeah it should be within the game as well right because if you know the parents don't really know like the limits of it or like, right the features I think there's an easy algorithm here. They can buy it from one of the finance companies. In fact, they have their very own credit card. There's an easy algorithm to recognize a strange behavior, to put a freeze on the account, and then require a new password to be able to continue to spend, in which case the six-year-old would have then not been able to do it. But anyway, that doesn't exist. Yes, the mother should be paying more attention. I think two things it can exist together. Yeah. It's not, it's like our, it's early, it's like our earlier story. It's like, 
definitely your child should not be left alone exclusively enough with an iPad to even have the time to spend $16,000. If it's $199 for a pack, how many hours was this kid playing a game? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's another scary a- uh, aspect to it. So, But anyways, uh, nonetheless, they're in the, in the hole $16,000 for, for now. Cyberpunk 2077! Cyberpunk 2077! Great game, by the way. That's my alarm in the morning when I wake up. Cyberpunk 2077! Even though I don't get a chance to play it. Yeah. You do. Well, you played it a little bit. I mean, I'm in the training right now. Stadia. I'm 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 playing like in five minute blinks. People would be very upset to know the way I'm having to play the game. Uh anyway, they came out and said, look, we get it. Uh you're on one of these old consoles mm-hmm. and you're having a subpar experience. That's uh, we don't like that. We don't want that either. We see all your messages. So they come out with the big statement with the yellow background, which is uh, you know it's serious when. Cyberpunk statement, yellow background, CD Project Red in oh, the corner. Elon Musk, uh, he replied to it. Yeah, what did he say? I took a week off work. What did he say? Oh, qu- he's not happy. Oh no, he's this is uh, is that him? What? No, he just reposted a screenshot from a Reddit thread. I don't know why. I cried myself to say I think about the game and I don't even want to touch my PS. So this is supposed to be the future of gaming, and now I don't know what to do. What else I have to look forward to? Um. I, I don't know. He's just joining in the yeah. joining in the conversation there. Anyway, they came out and said that they're going to refund purchasers that are upset with the game that are not getting the experience that they want on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And we all know that they're mostly referring to the people that have the uh, old consoles the first version base gen. Base, base last base gen. you do not like the word base right now if you're a gamer base anything does not sound good right now if you're a gamer so if you have base last gen hardware you're getting the worst cyberpunk experience of anyone you're even getting worse a worse experience than those that are on the streaming services and there's many that have uh, corroborated that story that that's the case so cyberpunk says look we do intend on fixing the thing a little bit we're going to do what we can do to improve the performance of the game fix the big issues mm-hmm. uh, that's going to happen over time however we understand that you may be upset in which case we are going to offer the refund and what my advice would be to these individuals that have the opportunity for the refund is to take the refund right now and play it yeah, on another platform or play it on another platform yeah, yeah. because uh, I, I did the whole segment on Stadia you don't need to buy anything they're giving you the hardware right now. Mm-hmm. So it's the same amount of money, the title, and then you can use whatever hardware you have sitting around. Worst case scenario, if you only have a TV, then all you need is a Chromecast. But as I said, that original promo was going to include that yeah. right now for people who buy the game. So in reality, for the price of the game, you can get a much better experience right now if you do buy it on Stadia uh, and then for 1080p at least because mm-hmm. then there'd be no monthly fee either. So that, there, there's an option right there. If you take the refund, you can improve your situation immediately. Uh, some people are also saying it's a bit shady how CD Projekt Red didn't show off the game on those platforms but was willing to sell it. And however, they sent all the reviewers PC versions. Yes. Which is the, obviously the Very best unfair. way to play it. Yeah. And people are saying, hey, at least let us know what it's going to look, look like before we spend the money and before we get our hopes up. 
And there's, I mean, there's something to be said for that. There's, there's a, that that's a valid argument. However, they say that they're going to offer up the refund. But here's the issue with the refund, Will. It's actually not that easy to get a refund. I, I understand they say, oh, we're going to uh, approve the refund. But if you flip over to the next article, it turns out Sony doesn't actually make it that easy to get a refund on a digital download. I didn't know this. I've never refunded a game in my life. So... I know on Steam, it's crazy easy to do, right? Yeah. As long as you haven't played a certain amount? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like five or ten hours or something. But you don't need to talk to anyone. Well, yeah, a little less. Maybe two hours or something. Now you're giving people bad advice here. All you need to do you is send click... send an email. I don't think <laughs> you, you send an email. Request. You submit a request. Sorry. You said, it's just you click... I just did this recently. You submit a request. You get a result um, within a couple hours, I would say. And then you get a full refund. You just click a button. Yeah. Yeah, you just click a button. Do you have to say why? No, you don't have to. It's yeah. optional. It's optional. So on PlayStation, it turns out people are reporting that they're having to uh, talk to customer service and that in some cases, people are getting a refund. In other cases, people aren't. Now, mm. I don't know everybody's individual circumstance, how, how much time they spent playing the game before asking for the refund and, and all the rest of it. But it's kind of an odd scenario to have CD Projekt Red say, yeah, don't worry, we're going to issue the refund. But the people they're issuing the refund to are on separate payment platforms. Mm. They're, on, they're in Sony's world. Sony collected the money and then would pay the fee to uh, CD Projekt. And then yeah. same thing on the Microsoft side. So in reality, them saying it is not as good as it actually happening because Sony has to execute it. Now, I didn't know that PlayStation doesn't offer refunds on digital games once they've been played. That's oh. the official policy on it, and they've only made exceptions very rarely, according to comicbook.com, where I'm reading this article, and they made an exception for games like Anthem and No Man's Sky. I guess these are games where people are especially upset. Yes. Yeah. So, in this case, they have made that exception, but some people, there's an entire Reddit thread here where some people are getting denied. Uh, which suggests that refunds are being handled on a case-by-case -case basis. So this is really hard for an end user to figure out. They're like, okay, CD Projekt said I'm getting a refund on my PlayStation. However, now I'm talking to Sony and they're making it not as easy as I expected. Hmm. So it really takes both to be on the same page. You need CD Projekt and Sony to agree. However, the math on that is actually maybe kind of complicated because the way I understand it is CD Projekt gets paid after the transaction However, there are transaction fees, too, for credit cards. Sure. I want to know, is that split between the two parties? There's going to be some fees incurred by PlayStation to process these payments yeah. back the other it's direction. The game. Yep. And so they got to sort it out so that it actually happens smoothly for these end users because those are the people who are affected. They're not on PC. They're not on Steam. They're either in the PlayStation market, the PlayStation store, or the... Uh, Microsoft Store yeah. and Xbox. And, and you know, for the people who bought the digital version, it's like they want their full refund. They, they just don't want, like, any fees in, incurred to the processing no. fees. Nobody wants fees. Nobody. Yeah. Sony doesn't want the fees. Uh, I'm sure CD Projekt doesn't want the fees. So that's why I'm curious if they're, that's why they're doing it on a case-by-case -case basis. They don't want to make it too easy for people to click the button and know for sure they're going to catch a refund because someone's going to incur those costs. Uh -huh. But anyway... Uh, I hope that they get it all sorted out. I feel like they can. They just got to, maybe between CD Projekt and Sony, they got to split the transaction fee or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just take the hit. Figure out the math on the it. Money. 
OnePlus 9 5G leak reveals almost everything. Now, it is not a uh, hands-on video, but it is, I mean, you have some pretty detailed photos here, including, so people sent me this on Twitter, and there was a whole uh, conversation going on around the logo, like whether or not they were changing the logo. My understanding at this point is that that weird-looking logo is actually just for prototypes. They don't want to put a OnePlus logo on it when yeah. it's a work in progress. So that's a bit weird. And then the other weird part is the camera module. Uh, two giant camera units, one teeny tiny one and a flash. It's an, I kind of like the look of it, but obviously this requires, uh, well, you're eliminating some camera modules from what we expect. And I'm curious about the small module because it would be hard to believe that it was a high performance camera given its scale compared to the other two or is it just one of those tof things i don't really know what it is yeah it's obviously a leak at this point however the other two camera units look enormous each individual uh, lens unit is kind of massive uh, you look around the device and you also notice that there if you scroll down to the portrait leaked image you'll see it says ultra shot written underneath yeah what does that mean that's another Nice little hint as to what the... Uh, that, to me, sounds like it'll be some sort of stitching of multi multiple exposures. Mm. Ultra shot. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Ultra's getting used a lot more in the tech space recently. And it typically has some effect on the camera performance yeah. when you say ultra anything. At least it has for Samsung. Front of the device looking a lot like the previous model's tiny little hole punch front-facing camera. Uh, not too much else that's noteworthy in this particular leak. I mean, obviously it has 5G in the name, so it should have 5G. And Phone Arena also exposed some of the upcoming specifications, including a 120 hertz refresh rate display uh, with a resolution of 2400 by 1080, and also a hint that it would have the new Snapdragon 888. Not a surprising feature for a device like this, but if you're curious or holding out, then uh, there you go. You have a little bit of insight. Oppo is thinking about a one of the most bizarre concept phones I've ever seen, the slide phone. This is a triple hinge folding design concept, which goes from incredibly compact to incredibly tall and slender. Mm -hmm. And it, it's important to note that at this point, this is nothing more than a concept drawing. There isn't even a physical prototype mm. for the time being. Now, the way this thing works, actually, you explain it well. Now, you're looking at the image here. What are we looking at? What is this thing all about? It looks like uh, a phone that is curling upwards into like a really long phone, extended long phone. It is very difficult to describe. It, it seems like it. Like seems like multiple phones along the way. Like... You can expose a certain amount of the screen for certain tasks, and then you can expose more of the screen for other tasks, and then you can go all the way unfolded when you really want to immerse yourself in your phone screen, like different stages of interaction, because otherwise, why would you show it off in so many stages instead of maybe three separate positions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it was uh, designed alongside Japanese design studio Nendo, and they wanted to feature a triple hinge design. Probably the craziest aspect of the phone is what it looks like closed up. It looks like an external hard drive. Mm -hmm. A tiny little rectangular thing. And, uh, and very industrial 
with a, like a matte black finish. Kind of only see the cameras, no screen when it's closed up. There's uh, other nice images if you go down further on the page. Although I feel like you're on Twitter now. Yeah, I go down further there. Uh, you can catch a look at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a it sort of fits in with the uh, the clamshell foldables like the new Razer and the Z Flip, mm -hmm. where it's meant to be used in one hand and as a portrait, and you can expose the screen in a one-handed kind of action as well. It's a very unusual look. There, that I think if you go back, I think that's for taking better photos, selfies. That angle huh. applied to the to the uh, exterior of the folding portion. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Anyway, it's uh, very ambitious. Pretty cool. When you see it in landscape mode, it gets a bit weird because you see multitasking. Video obviously is not in this aspect ratio. It's so tall. But I, I like to see these uh, unique new form factors whenever yeah. possible. I like to see the imagination. It's very exciting as a smartphone fan. Amazon's Zooks is readying to launch its own autonomous vehicle. Actually, I believe the event is happening right now. Is it? I oh. think it was taking place at 12 EST. I'm looking at 1228. So I think the event is taking place right this minute. And they are, well, they're talking about, again, a very ambitious development here. A robo-taxi, a real, a legit robo-taxi, auto completely autonomous, tons of sensors and scanners, which are exposed on the exterior of the unit which are said to be even safer than ones that are integrated. That's the idea that they can actually see more of the vehicle as well as the surroundings mm -hmm. in order to tell the vehicle's uh, threshold and space and people getting in and out of the vehicle would be very important for a robo-taxi. This is a company, I believe, out of Australia, or at least they have investment from an Australian billionaire. Where is it? Where are they from? Uh... Startup launched by, by an Australian, Tim Kentley Clay, and backed in its early stages by an Australian billionaire, Mike Cannon Brooks, to launch an, an autonomous vehicle, which is uh, obviously a taxi in this case. Of course, we've seen autonomous vehicles that you are passenger vehicles that you can buy for yourself, but this could be uh, a very big deal in urban, urban environments, urban centers. You imagine an autonomous vehicle, will it picks people up, Takes them to their destination, very low impact, fits multiple people, goes autonomously to charge itself back up. That's the dream. That's pretty cool, man. No one has to drive anymore. That's pretty cool. So here we go. This is, look at this launch video right here. Very futuristic. You know it's got to be futuristic when you have magenta and teal. Yeah. Magenta and, all and together. teal. Yes, all together magenta teal. Machine. Equals future. This is a ve this vehicle could be in cyberpunk right here. Oh yeah, you hop on, but it's a real thing, man. You gotta love it. Look how cool that is. I mean, it's definitely cooler than a bus. Wireless charging. You can watch uh, Prime in there. Start trip. Look at this. Look Buy at this. Some groceries. Built for riders. A lot of space. Look at the legroom, Will. Oh yeah. Look at a cup holder, Will. It seems like it's like uh, a bus. Yeah, it's very squared off, the, but the that, look of it. But the thing is, that's a, the most efficient use of space. Like the floor reminds me of a bus. You know how it transitions like this? Yeah, I don't know absolutely. No, I, I look. Yeah. There's, it's definitely a utilitarian thing to it. Utilitarian vibe on the outside. It has a friendly character, though. Uh -huh. The face of it. I had, I think it's kind of cool. What they're doing. They have a lot of money. 
they got a lot of money. When you got billionaire money in there, um, and you got Amazon in there now, you're probably going to build something. Some originally thought when Amazon got involved that they might just want to take the technology and somehow have it enhance their uh, distribution and like change it from being a robo taxi. But it looks like that's not what's happening. No, but they're going to have. TV oh yeah, their watch party is happening right now on YouTube. With uh... look at that, yeah, right now. There you go. What are the chances? Right as we're talking about, it, they're having the launch party. Well, they're or they already did. It was an 18 minute, yeah, kind of video. Look how look how friendly that little guy looks. Come on, well, go for a ride, dude. This is cool. Go for a ride. I don't mind going in there and watching a couple Prime movies. That's the Amazon piece. That's yeah. That's free Prime movies while you're in there. Yeah, of course, you, Willie. Do you gotta you gotta work in all those extras? Uh huh. Oh, the Amazon takeover. It's on a racetrack? Well, no. I mean, if it does well, then then obviously the technology inside of it, when it does come to autonomous delivery vehicles and autonomous uh, uh, workers inside of the yeah. warehouses, and it's all connected. But I think what they did there was pretty cool. It's a Zooks. I don't know about the name, but... Yeah. McDonald's is giving away free food, Will. You didn't even know uh, about that, did you? Really? You didn't know about that. No, I didn't. Uh, they are giving away everything from cheeseburgers to coffee. It's all to, uh, in preparation of Christmas celebration, all the way up to Christmas Eve, in fact. And all you got to do is use the app, the McDonald's app. Have you ever used it? Well, I was using it today. I didn't get any free food. Okay, this might so be a U.S.-only deal. No. I don't know. but uh, Or it might have just started. But anyway, you use the app. And it's all kinds of different free things depending on the day to celebrate Christmas. And it's inspired by many Christmas characters, including Frosty Snowman, Buddy the Elf, the Grinch, and even Seinfeld's Frank Costanza. So you have <laughs> a, a random twist. A random twist. He, it's a Festivus freebie to oh. celebrate him. He did, he did die. The actor died recently. So I think maybe it's a tribute. Oh, I see. Uh, ben Stiller's dad. Uh, what's his first name? Uh, Frank? No. Frank might have been... Oh, Frank is his name in the show. Oh. It's Ben Stiller's dad. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Frank? Not Frank Stiller. What the heck is his name? Jerry Stiller. There we go. My uh. bad. Frank Costanza was played by Jerry Stiller. Rest in peace, uh, Jerry Stiller. And you can celebrate Festivus in memory of him on December 23rd. But anyway, each one comes with a special deal to celebrate each of these characters. I'll tell you what they are, these deals. Uh, December 14th, celebrate Christmas Vacation, the movie. You get a free double cheeseburger. Uh, December 15th, the Abominable Snow Monster is a free Big Mac. The Grinch is December 16th for an Egg McMuffin. December 17th, you celebrate John McClane, which is a free McDouble. Do you know who John McClane is? Oh, yeah. Die Hard. Die Hard. The, the, uh, the Christmas movie people forget is a Christmas movie. Celebrate Rudolph with a medium fry on the 18th. Gizmo. I don't know who's Gizmo. Oh, from uh, Gremlins. From Gremlins. That's right. You get six-piece chicken nuggets on the 19th. Buddy the Elf, pancakes on the 20th. Scrooge, you get a hot or iced coffee on the 21st. Frosty the Snowman, 22nd, will give you any size McFlurry. And 
for the Frank Costanza Festivus, you would get a free bakery item, apple oh. fritter, cinnamon roll, blueberry muffin, etc. And then on Christmas Eve, you get a two-pack or three-pack chocolate chip cookie for Santa. Mm. Now, I'm, I, this sounds super easy to partake. All you got to do is open the app and buy anything. You got to spend $1. Oh. All you do is spend $1 on the app, and on any of those days, you, also, you get that item for free. That's a, I mean, that's a great deal. Yeah. Free items. Do you know McDonald's is getting innovative with the marketing? They did, you know, they did the, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Travis Scott. They did the Travis Scott. Yeah. And then they did some other celebrity mm -hmm. that I heard about. It was in South America or something. Yeah. I, I don't want to call him some other celebrity. He's probably a megastar in, in a different region. That's Jay sad. Balvin is his name. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is, what, where is he huge? He's probably huge here too, and I'm just not cool enough. But Jay Balvin. anyway, they did these collabs, and now they're collabing with all the Colombian. He's a Colombian singer. My bad. Now they're collabing with the icons of winter on each day mm -hmm. to do some innovative marketing. So whatever, have at it, go for it. You ever you ever wonder how much it would cost Will to? Buy the best version of everything that Apple sells. Okay, uh, okay, okay. So first, have to ask hang on. Let me set board. the. Let me set the. Let me set it up. Okay. You would get a phone. Obviously, you would get some headphones. Obviously, you would get a computer. You would get a display for that computer. You would get a laptop. You would get an iPad. The best of all of those things. Yeah. You get the best accessories that Apple sells first party. Uh-huh. How much would that cost you? Well, the Mac Pro is like, what is it, like 50 grand in of itself? I would say... USD. USD. 120 grand. USD. Yeah. It's about 80,000 bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. They did the math. What a, what a crazy experiment this is. Uh, this was first reported by CNN. They had uh, an iPhone 12 Pro Max comes in uh, with Apple Care Plus insurance and a MagSafe silicone case and a MagSafe charger. That'll set you back 1700 They actually had the Mac Pro only at 6000 But that's to start. You can spec it up to 62000 Oh. I yeah, mean, that's where the price is. USD, like man. 28-core Intel Xeon, 1.5 terabyte of memory, 8 terabyte storage, and a 32-inch Pro Display XDR. That's 62 Gs. So that one's a bit of a cheater because even if you're an Apple super fan, I mean, are you, you're not really getting that. But mm -hmm. uh, you can easily get a MacBook Pro up to around three grand. And, I mean, they have a lot of accessories, too, for the MacBooks. Leather sleeves. Uh, you can get a magic mouse or a trackpad or right. an external keyboard. Uh, they also had a high-end Apple Watch in there. Uh, all the yeah, way the all the way up to $1,648. The iPad Pro with one terabyte of memory and an Apple Pencil and a keyboard case, $2,583. So, yeah, you can get some pretty hefty sticker prices if, if you're a true Apple fan. Throw in it the new headphones. All right. They got this total at 80000 bucks for the year, and then you got to replace it all the following year, Well, Because you're a true Apple fan. you got to 
set it straight. That's what I was thinking. Detroit Borg buys all this stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. You got to recycle it every year. Mm-hmm. That's intense. Yeah, they had the HomePod in there. Uh, they had two terabytes of iCloud storage. They had Apple Fitness in there. Mm-hmm. It's costing you 80000 a year USD to be the optimal, ultimate Apple fan. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Somebody has done this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Somebody yeah. has done this. There's enough people on the planet. Somebody has done this. You got to collect them Funny all. Funny enough, I've probably done it, but it's just for videos. Yeah. Never recommend anybody be that crazy. But, for but you know, it's crazy. You can justify it. You make a video... People wonder. People ask that question all the time. They're like, what are you doing with all this stuff? Well, you you know, you make a video and and it pays off whatever the cost of the goods is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not. And you use it. No, and you use it and you need to have them like around the over the course of the year. It. You need to have that stuff around because everybody wants comparisons and, yeah. and all the rest of it. And in some cases, you give it away. Actually, um, 100, 100 iPhone giveaways happening oh. really soon. I'm putting a placeholder up. We're going to do it live, me and Will, um, on Unbox Therapy. So very, very soon. Stick around for that. We're, we're legit going to be writing people's names and gathering shipping details for 100 people to give away 100 iPhones. Wild. Heavy. Anyway, last Heavy. one of the day. Uh, Wayne Gretzky rookie card sells for a record $1.29 million dollars. I don't know if you knew, Will, uh, COVID, the lockdown stuff, has really got people interested in uh, collect- collector's items. And it's not just hockey cards, baseball cards, Pokemon cards, figures, and special limited edition things. You got people all fired up. They're sitting at home. And they want to get that interest going, interest into something. They want to browse eBay. And it just has all this extra interest uh, elevates the price of these things. Anyway, uh, the Great Ones collectible card from his rookie season fetched $1.29 million. It's the very first hockey card to sell for more than a million dollars. Typically, the million plus when it comes to cards, Will, is mostly going to be baseball cards. There's a longer baseball tradition cards. of baseball cards than hockey cards. You want to know what's crazy? Let me tell you something crazy right now. When I was a kid, uh. when I was a kid, I was into hockey cards. And actually, I used no to surprise f- there. I, I actually used to frequent one of the ho- uh, hockey card shops in the hood. Okay. And they had this card. I don't know how mint it was, but it was mint at the time. Mint was enough for, for us as kids. I mean, now they have all kinds of versions of the mint. Ten like rating. How mint? Yeah. Anyway, it was a mint card, and it was in the case. And I believe now I'm going on some pretty long long ago uh recollection here but i believe it was listed for 750 dollars when i was a youngster maybe i was eight eight years old is that crazy i don't know because at the time gretzky was still playing so it wasn't like he was i mean he was the great one but it wasn't like the card was that old at that moment i see you see the card is from 79 right so you only have a mint condition. I mean, I would have had to buy it and keep it as mint as it was. Right. But it, that might have been, that's like Bitcoin level right yeah, there. Yeah. Had been, I yeah. picked that up. But anyway, to show you how hot the card collection is, the last time the same card sold was in 2016. It only sold for 465000 mm. in 2016. So the card thing is for real. The card hype uh, post-COVID 
mid-COVID times is a real thing that's going on. And if you're talking about hockey cards, if you're talking about hockey, then you're talking about Wayne Gretzky. And it's uh, not hard to recognize that he should absolutely hold the record for the priciest card sold ever. And he does.